Philadelphia, you San Jose, Earth, DC, Los Angeles, Galaxy, Beach Pass, Colorado Rapids, Vancouver Whitecaps, Seattle Sounders, Montreal Impact, Bosch USA, York Red Bulls, Pitch Pass, your all-access credential to the people that matter in MLS. Here's your host, Greg Roach. Hello, welcome to another edition of Pitch Pass. Thank you very much for downloading it. Have you told friends? I mean, I keep telling you every week to tell friends, and I don't feel like you're doing it. Tell some friends about the show and tell them about PitchPass.com. That's the home base for everything PitchPass related on the Internet. And if you want to follow us on Twitter as well, we'd appreciate that, at PitchPass. Later on, we'll go around the league with ESPN's Alexi Lalas, who I think we'll be talking to from a bar or just outside of a bar. We'll explain as we get a little closer to that. But first, we head out to Los Angeles to talk to a Philly guy. We're going to find that out in a couple of minutes. He is having a really strong start to the 2014 season as he is kind of locked down the right back position for the L.A. Galaxy. He's Dan Gargan, and he joins us right now on Pitch Pass. Dan, how are you, my friend? Good, Greg. How you doing, man? I'm very well. Uh, you have been a, a pleasant surprise for the L.A. Galaxy at the start of this season. Sadly, though, I'm going to have to start on a bit of an adversarial note with you, Dan, and I, I apologize in advance if this goes wrong. Uh, you know what? It won't be the first adversarial <laughs> note that I've faced, so toss away. So, uh, in researching you and in, in looking back, I followed you on Twitter actually for a long time. Um, you're a Philly guy, which got me excited because I am also a Philly guy. All right. But then I start to look up, get a little deeper into the Dan Gargan experience, and I find out you went to Chestnut Hill Academy and then, uh, and then on to Georgetown. I have to question your Philly cred when you are a, uh, you're basically a prep school guy. <laughs> um, well, that, that is true. I, I can't deny my roots. Um, <laughs> I don't know if being a prep school guy necessarily uh, takes any of my credibility of being from Philadelphia away, but um, I grew up, uh, I grew up in the city. Where, where um, in the in city? Okay. Oh, well, oh, geez, Dan, you are Philly guy. Yeah, where where are you from? If we're, if we're going that route, I grew up in Southwest Philly uh, by the airport, and I'm glad. See, and I like the way this little tinge in your voice because, uh, as you know, when you talk to people from Philly, they always go, "Oh, I'm from Philly too," and then you say, "Where in Philly?" and then they always go, "What, Dan?" Yeah, they go, "Well, I'm kind of just, from, uh, about an hour outside, just outside of Philly, or Jersey, <laughs> or anything else." Yeah, all the other ones that you can come up with. I'm the same way. I have. Uh, 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 my friends know it's been a well-documented pet peeve of mine when people say, oh, yeah, I'm from Philly, too. And, <laughs> and then you get into it and you find out that they're from outside Pittsburgh. And you're like, all right, well, that's not close at all. But OK. <laughs> all right. If you want to claim Philly, I guess we'll take you. So, yeah. So then you can understand why I was a little I had a skeptical eye raised when I when I f- saw your background. But, dude, Olney, you're you're Philly through and through, my friend. You know, I have um, I, I have a, an interesting background, and um, uh, it's definitely uh, it touches both sides of the spectrum. I'll say that. <laughs> so I've seen um, I've I've been uh, I've been very fortunate to go to the the schools that I've been a part of and, and graduated from. Um, and I also uh, I grew up in a in a tough neighborhood um, that that I love, and I still go back um, you know every year and, and visit as often as I can. So. Well, I want to I want to dive a little deeper into that, but now I'm getting visions of uh, of you like a Brendan Fraser and school ties situation, where the the working blue collar kid going to the prep school and got to fight against the odds against all of those preppies. 
Uh, yeah, you know, I, I definitely did not fit in from uh, at, at the start. Um, I was uh, I was certain certainly a little bit of an odd duck when I first went. Uh, I was picking you know picking clothes out of the lost and found that were polo and and all the other <laughs> stuff that are discarded when. Uh, when all the other kids were showing up in their Mercedes Benzes, which is great, but that wasn't, you know, that wasn't the background that I came from. Totally. So it was a, it was a culture shock and it was a bit of an adjustment at first, but, um, it was, it was, uh, it was one that I, I, Readily welcomed, that's for sure. Well, growing up in Alney, uh, I'm familiar with the neighborhood. We're actually, for people who don't know the geographics of Philly, you were on one side of town. I was on the other side of town. You were more north, northeast Philly. I was west, southwest Philly. But same kind of, of general vibe uh, for both those neighborhoods. How did you end up as a soccer player growing up in that kind of environment? Um, well, you know, I, I think uh, most kids in Philly kind of grow up playing most sports and I, I was no different. I grew up, you know, in the streets playing hoops and, and playing um football, you know, in the middle of our in the middle yeah. of our block and played hockey and, and I was out until you know, until I got called home for dinner and back out again and then, you know, and not in bed and, and in the house until nine o'clock and that's kind of the way that, that we grew up in Philly. So soccer was um it was interesting how how I kind of got, I guess I got pushed into it from my dad. Um, it was just another sport that was, um, that I, I was a bit of a jock growing up. I, I loved anything competitive and, um, and I loved, I just fell in love with the game of soccer. I played it as often as possible along with everything else. But I mean, soccer was, it was an early focus. Um, I got on a, a team, it kind of bounced around and then started picking up teams. And sure enough, I was on, you know, four teams in a year and, and playing, you know, back-to-back games and games all weekend and all that stuff. So it was, um, it, it's not a, it's not a, a huge city sport. That's for sure. But, yeah. Uh, my fa- my father had a passion for it and he kind of started me on it. And, um, and I guess it grew from there. You know, and Philly has a a storied history of of soccer, uh, especially in the inner city. But you know, you kind of pointed it out, and and you know, as you were talking, I, I was just reminiscing myself. I did the same thing: played hockey, played football in the streets, car drive by, everybody walk off to the side, then back on, and we play again. Yep. You know, and it wasn't a situation where people looked down on soccer. You didn't kind of get beat up because you played soccer. It just was one of those things where that was just one thing that you did in the in the context of everything else. But you know, let me ask you because you're a great person to ask because one of the things that people always say that the the U, the U.S. is missing is that kid or that guy who grew up playing in the streets and with that unfocused uh, kind of freelance style that they have so many other places in the world. It doesn't really happen often here. Do you think that could be something that could change down the road? I, I think it is. Yeah, I do. I, um, I think that there's certainly some uh, some work to do, kind of some infrastructure things in in cities that, that need to happen to kind of foster that development. Um, it was something that I started to get involved in in Chicago, but um, but left left a little prematurely to to see what I would have liked to have done uh, come to fruition. Um, I think that you know, just like you see, I mean, growing up in Philly, there's there's a hoop and a, and a court pretty much anywhere you look, you know, as you go through the city, and and that's kind of it. Just is what it is. It's easy entertainment, and and kids tend to flock there. You don't really see 
as many, um, you know, kind of just pick up soccer games happening. Um, and I would love it if we were able to kind of clean up some of those basketball courts and maybe turn them into smaller, yeah. you know, kind of short-sided soccer soccer fields. Um, and it was something that we had started on in Chicago because Chicago is similar. You know, there's plenty, there's plenty of uh, of diversity in in these cities, and I think that. You know, just like any other game, um, like I wasn't necessarily interested in hockey, but I played it all the time. Yeah. Um, you know, I loved basketball. And I think that if there were more games and more opportunities for kids to, to get a touch on the ball in in cities, I think you'd see I think you'd see more of a um, an awareness and, and an involvement in, in big time cities such as Philadelphia and Chicago and L.A. and, and all these, these cities that have plenty of kids that are out you know, playing games at, at all hours of the day. But, you know, I, I think that um, it takes uh, – it'll take a little bit more uh, to kind of foster that development. And we took – what we did was in the wintertime when they would unroll the tennis nets, we would just play hockey on the tennis courts. But now as I'm thinking uh-huh. about it, it was a lot more expensive to get skates, gloves. You needed the, 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 the lower leg pads. That was so much more expensive than somebody just rolling a ball out there. And we, we play basically the same sport. It's just it's soccer rather than hockey. It seems like an easy transition. Yeah. I, th- I think so, too. I, I think that it, it's, it's all there for you. I mean, soccer, obviously, it is huge across the world. And I think that, you know, that the, – the game is played in any atmosphere, in any environment, anywhere. You, you can imagine that's where the game's played because it's easy, because yeah. you, you can roll out a ball and, and make two goals and, and play. And I think that, um, you know, as the game grows in, in this country, as the game grows, the MLS grows, our national team gets stronger, uh, you know, that you obviously the youth is just incredible, the, the amount of people kids that are playing and and the direction that that's heading in. I think the more that that happens and the more exposure there is, uh, you know, it's bound to increase and it's bound to get better and bigger. There's only one question I want to ask you about your career pre this season, and that is your time in Puerto Rico. Uh, as a non okay. as a non tourist, uh, was it still awesome to be in Puerto Rico, or was it kind of just like living in another area of the world? Uh, I I I don't have a bad word to say about Puerto Rico. I absolutely loved my experience there. Uh, living there was incredible. The people are amazing. I ate beans and rice and had beers probably too often than I should have. But, um, <laughs> it was, it was amazing. It was, I lived in, uh, this little area called Condado, which is, um, kind of a little bit up the road from old San, San Juan. And it was, um, it was, it was, vibrant it was cultural it was it was there was music everywhere i mean it was it was you know it was a a good break from from the u.s one getting away from mls which obviously i I didn't necessarily want but it kind of refocused me the soccer wasn't the best soccer um and it was you know obviously it was it's the lower lower tiers um i think we were it was a usl at the time um so that was it's a bit humbling but at the same time you get to put things in perspective um and and you see life from a different angle and and it was it's such a beautiful country i i can't say that puerto rico um would have been in my top caribbean destinations and i don't i don't have any reason for that but um 
you know, it's probably not the most glamorous option. And uh, it it was perfect. It was beautiful. It was incredible. And, and I, I've visited often since I left. So go Puerto Rico. <laughs> yeah. So go Puerto Rico. I mean, if they need a spokesperson, <laughs> give me a shout. <laughs> You're in LA selling Southern California now uh, playing with the galaxy. Uh, have you been surprised at your early season form? Um, no, I don't know if surprised is, is the right word. Um, you know, I think as players, you have to have a certain belief in yourself. And, um, you know, I believe in my ability, and, and I, I think I'm a pretty good player. Um, I think that, you know, every situation is different. So if you, you know, you look at my career on paper, I think it, you know, it can kind of, Make you make you ask some questions about what's going on. Um, you know, is is he is he a good player? Teams have gotten rid of him, but I think that um, I think that what I've been really happy with is just to be able to to kind of fit in in the spot that I fit in, and I feel like um, our team is really playing well right now, um, and I think that. I'm feeling pretty good in the role that I have uh, with the team, and um, it's been a, it's been nice. It's been it's been it's been easy to to get on with with these guys and and to get kind of acclimated and familiar with with the game that they play. There's so many talented players um, on our roster, and it's been fun to it's been fun to be involved. When I found out I was talking to you, I was like, oh, wait a second. I don't think I've seen much of the Galaxy this year. Then as I was researching, I was like, oh, not anybody, anybody really hasn't seen much of the Galaxy this year. You guys have yeah. played two, sometimes three less games than, than most of the other teams in the league. Uh, is it hard to keep perspective on your goals when you see, okay, well, we're just outside of a playoff spot. I know it's early, but we're just outside. Oh, wait a second. The team in front of us has played eight games. We've only played five. Is it hard to keep that perspective? No, I, I think, you know, if you look at our roster as well, you know, you'll see pretty, pretty quickly that it's an experienced roster. So guys have been around the block and know that we're still early, whether it's eight games or five games or, you know, even 15 games, you're still early in the season. So uh, our goals, don't change from day one to to the last day of the season and and it takes a lot and it takes a while to get to see those goals um so it the beginning of the season has been a, a bit frustrating in terms of the stop and go that's kind of happened and then with the you know with the back-to-back games playing the same teams we played salt lake twice already we played vancouver home and away which is kind of um you know, a bit out of the ordinary, yeah. I would say. Um, so, th- so that's been been different. But you know, uh, we're we've all been been in odd situations before, and and that's you know, it's part of the game, it's part of the scheduling, it's part of the league. The, the, you know, those kind of things happen. I mean, you're if you're bound to to bound to come up against somewhere in the season where you're dealing with some difficulties, whether it's the travel or three games in a week and, and ours it just happens to be a couple of buys in the beginning of the season. So, you know, you, you maintain you maintain looking at, at your next game, whether that's in ten days or, or four days and um you know, we've fortunately had a couple guys that have been kinda banged up a little bit. So, you know, the blessing the blessing there is that we've had some time to to get guys healthy and, and be ready for, for a tough stretch which we have coming up. 
as a new guy, it, would you prefer what you've had, which is play a game, have some time to get some more practices in, play another game, uh, and repeat? Or would you rather have had more games to get acclimated with, uh, especially your back line in, in game situations? Uh, well, I don't know. I, I think that um, I think that as a player, you want to play games, and and practice is is good. But the the spots that you really learn about your teammates and you really learn about you know what you can expect and where to expect it is in game. So I think you know as much as you practice, it's good to build relationships there and build you know kind of you see little little things that guys tend to do, but games are games are games and they can't be duplicated without playing them so i think that you know that's where you you tend to find out who you are as a team and who you are as a back line and and that's where you really come together so um you know it's been good for us to kind of get some guys a little bit fitter and and that in that sense but i think we're all looking forward to getting in a bit of a rhythm with games and and playing playing each and every week we're familiar with the, the stalwarts of the LA Galaxy, uh, the guys who have been there for, for a number of years now. Uh, yourself, you're, you're new to the team. Talk to me about one of the other new guys uh, who came in, and I guess the insiders, the people who really know their soccer, uh, were kind of saying, hey, look out for this guy, look out for this guy. But we've seen uh, through your first five matches that uh, Ishizaki is a, a player with a capital P. Uh, what can you tell uh, people who may not have seen much of him thus far this season about him? Yeah, he's he's talented. Um, I, I remember uh, one of my first couple of days being being in camp and and playing alongside of him, um, and you know just kind of chatting with people about it, saying, you know, there's a there's a bit of a learning curve that that happens really for any guys that come in, into a new league. And uh, I you know I remember thinking and, and talking about it like as soon as this guy gets caught up to the way that you know the defenders kind of approach the game and the way that the athleticism is, you know, kind of rampant all over the field. As soon as that happens, he's going to be huge for us. And sure enough, uh, you know, I've been really impressed with how quickly he's gotten himself uh, really comfortable on the field, but he is, he's a hell of a player. Um, You know, he's got great touch and he's got great vision. And I think he takes a little bit of the pressure off of, of Landon and, and Robbie, um, you know, to kind of create, we can find him, and and he's got great feet, and he, you know, we can find different different spots that um, that aren't aren't easy to find for everyday players, and he's uh, he's definitely a, a, a big piece of of I think what what we'll be trying to do for the rest of the season. I can't let you go without talking to you about the clothing line. Um, I, I was I was you're laughing. I was on the page. I I thought it was kind of badass. You might be seeing a a shirt order coming in from Greg Roach not too long from now. Uh, tell me about how that how how that come about. And uh, I guess the first question is, how do you pronounce the name of the clothing line? Uh, it's Royal Estate. Royal Estate. Okay. Um, and it came up. Yeah, it came about. Um, I I've been very interested in art really my whole life. Um. I studied it at Georgetown. I minored in it um, in studio art, and it's something that's kind of been just a part of my life. And um, a buddy of mine uh, who also plays in the league, Connor Casey, um, who's with your hometown, Philadelphia Union. I'm in D.C. Um, I'm in D.C., Dan. I'm a D.C. United fan. I, I, they didn't have. Oh, you are. They didn't have Philadelphia Union well, when I was growing up. I couldn't. I couldn't become a fan as a child. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, well, you know, I, I guess, uh, good luck with that. I got, I got really edgy when you said, when you said you're, I got edgy when you said your hometown team. I, that's never happened before. I got that edgy about a Philadelphia team. It was very uncomfortable for me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, um, I'm sorry to bring up those, those feelings. Um, <laughs> but no, in, in terms of the clothing line, it, it's something that we started, um, about a year ago and, uh, it's kind of. It's been fun. It's been, um, it's a, you know, a change of pace from soccer and it's something yeah. that we both have an interest in and that's, you know, the kind of the arts and, and, and music and, and culture and, and kind of that, um, and what it aims to be is kind of a lifestyle brand. Um, and just, uh, just something, something for us to kind of get away from soccer and be involved in it. And, um, it's been, it's been good. We're just getting started. We're about to, you know, uh, releasing a new summer line, which is coming out nice. and, um, I it's uh I get to create the art and, and Connor's involved in, in a lot of the business side of things and, and also with uh you know, he kinda of feeds me ideas that he's feeling and, and it's just been a fun collaboration. Um we're we're enjoying it and, and uh we're enjoying getting it getting it off the ground. So but what made you decide to use your artistic creativity to go into clothing rather than say the canvas or even sculpting? Um, well, I, I do a lot of painting and a lot of drawing, um, and kind of throughout, I guess I got a little bit more serious, uh, the last few years and, um, I do a lot of, a lot of canvas work and, uh, some sell bit. sometimes, uh, we do some, some charity donations and I did, uh, some stuff for the fire when I was in Chicago. Um, so that's part of what I do as well. Um, and I enjoy that side of it too, but this is a, this is a different challenge. Um, you know, this is incorporating, uh, business as well as the artistic side of it and the, and the creative side of it. So it's, um, it's, it's, it's definitely been a challenge, but it's also been a, a fun experience. It's a learning experience and, and it's, uh, it's, when you have something that you you feel passionate about, it doesn't necessarily necessarily feel like work. Kind of like soccer. Yeah. And this is another another thing that I I enjoy. So it's um, it's 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 just in its infancy. You know, it's only about a year old. So we're uh, we're excited about the direction that we're heading in, and and kind of uh, looking forward to to the future of it. Royalestate.com is the website, and I'll ask you a question. See how your business savvy is doing right now. Do I do I get a do I get a shirt now or do I wait to see what the summer line brings? Let's see if Dan really knows the business answer to this question. Well, I think you need to do both. There you go. There you go. You got to be excited about the summer line and about what's coming out, but you don't want to be the guy that just jumps on the bandwagon. You know, you want to be in there where where you you got some of the classics, which is what we have out right now. So that's uh, that's the answer to that. Question. Great answer, great answer. Uh, <laughs> at Hey Dan Gar- Gargan is your Twitter handle. I don't know how you got verified. I'm a, I actually a question would be how did you get verified? Because I'm looking to get verified, and I'm seeing. Listen, no offense, you don't have a thousand or a, a hundred thousand followers yet. You're verified. How'd that happen? Yeah, you know, you probably got to talk to to our media relations people because um, I have no nice. idea. I don't even know what that means. <laughs> I don't either. <laughs> sounds good though. <laughs> Dan Gargan, sounds thank good. you. Sounds cool, right? It sounds that little blue check is is uh, so much more validation than it should be. It's it's sad, is what it is. <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right. Uh, it's great talking Philly with you. I know you didn't have to prove any Philly cred to some random jackass that you're podcasting with, but you did. In fact, reinforce your Philly cred with me. And that says something, Dan. 
I appreciate that. You know, I think it's important. Philly people, we always want to stand up for who we are. Exactly. It's, it's easy to, to get defensive. That's just, exactly. that's just the way we were brought up. So I'm, uh, I'm, I'm happy to defend my honor any day of the week. I appreciate you taking some time, Dan. Thank you very much. All right, man. No problem. What an interesting guy. Really enjoyed talking with him. Dan Gargan of Los Angeles Galaxy. Might as well see if we can bring up Alexi Lalas and start with the LA Galaxy. Uh, but first, we have to see if we can get him. Apparently, he's somewhere in New York City. Apparently, he's somewhere near a bar. Alexi, how are you, my friend? I'm good. I'm good. Alexi, are we catching you in New York City first off? I am, yes. Okay. Uh, but are you, Because when we were setting this up, you were like, you know, I'm probably going to be in a bar with uh, Twelman, and uh, I'll just step out. Is that what's going on right now? Basically, yeah. <laughs> what happens when Alexi Lawless and Taylor Twelman decide this is the night we're just going to go bar hopping? Because in my head, it's you guys fighting about best 11 from U.S. national teams through the last 20 years each year, and then getting tossed out and going to the next bar and doing the same thing. Yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd love to say that it's that it's much sexier than that. It's not. It's basically <laughs> us arguing about anything and everything uh, on the soccer field, off the soccer field, in life, every sport. Uh, me laughing at him, uh, him laughing at me. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's fun. I have a good time with my little friend there, and uh, uh, he teaches me some stuff along the way. And I like to think every once in a while I teach him. But we're having a good time. We're in uh, New York City doing some uh, ESPN promotion for uh, obviously the World Cup, which is upon us. And uh, we'll be both down in uh, Brazil, running around, going crazy, bringing it to everybody. So it's going to be a fun summer. When do you leave? I leave on the second of June. I am I am in Rio from the second of June until. Uh, the 14th of July. So wow. there's worse places to spend seven weeks or whatever it ends up being. We have this kick-ass set down in uh, in Rio. Wait till you see it. We're actually going to open it up before the World Cup. So even when, when the U.S. team is still playing one of their final send-off games down in Florida, we will actually be doing it from Rio. So uh, we've, uh, we're blowing it out this summer. It's going to be fun from a uh, uh, from a soccer perspective on the field, and we're going to show it to you right from off the field uh, from an ESPN perspective. And there will, I would assume, there'll be some some recordings of uh, Big Head Redhead podcast while you're down there. Oh yeah, absolutely. Taylor, Taylor will be. You know, he had to get his shots the other day. I'm just in Rio, so I'm okay. <laughs> but he had to get his shots, a whole litany of uh, different shots, because he's going to be traipsing around the. Uh, uh, the country to all the different venues doing his uh, play-by-play and stuff like that. And so every once in a while I have to kind of come back home to base and I'll, uh, I'll see how he's doing. And yeah, we'll be doing the Big Head Redhead podcast and just so many different platforms out there, as you know, nowadays that we have to, that we have to fill. So it's, it's going to be a wonderful summer to be a soccer player. That's something we're going to focus in on, and I assume the rest of the country will as we get a little closer to that. Although I will ask you, um, a big picture thing that came down today was Copa America 2016 will be uh, here in the United States. What are your initial knee-jerk reaction thoughts to that? I love it. I mean, I had a great time. I played in the 93 and the 95 Copa America, and uh, I I learned a tremendous amount. And it always used to bother me when the U.S. Didn't send a team or send a, or send a, a B team. Yeah. I understand there was just so many games going on, so I understand the decision. But for me, it was just a waste of a hell of an opportunity to go down to what a lot of people don't realize is a very very big tournament, a prestigious tournament with obviously some great players and some teams. So I'm just excited that from a from a fan perspective, you get to see these teams, but also from an American soccer perspective, this will be the first time since 
uh, 94 that we've even come close to doing anything like the World Cup. So I think we're going to I think we're going to blow it out. Uh, and I think it's going to be wonderful on and off the field. And I'm really glad, and I can't wait to see it. I think it's going to be a Copa America on steroids, and uh, in that sense, just be bigger and better than anything anybody could have thought about. We had just had Dan Gargan on of LA Galaxy. He's been one of the pleasant surprises for the beginning of their season. We also, when we had him on, we talked to him about uh, Ishizaki, uh, another pleasant surprise. Overall, though, it's been kind of a meh start to the LA Galaxy. Uh, is there anything that we can take away from their season thus far? Well, I think you're seeing some of these, uh, you know, some of these players that are coming up and doing well immediately. I mean, I think that's part and parcel when you have a guy like Bruce Arena who understands what it takes to be successful in MLS. I think he also understands pacing in MLS and the ability to pace yourself uh, individually and as a team through the year. Now, everybody wants to win every single game, but Nobody remembers the teams that were really good at the beginning of the season. They only remember the ones that are really good at the end. And the Galaxy have a habit of being very good, uh, obviously, in the playoffs, but they kind of get better as the season goes along. So I know the Galaxy fans would, would love the team to be winning all the games and Landon Donovan scoring and all that kind of stuff, but I, I still see that this is a team uh, that, uh, that can compete uh, in MLS on a consistent basis this year. And, look, you get to the playoffs and any, anything can happen. And certainly when you have some of the – firepower that you have and the experience when it comes to winning an MLS that you have back there. Uh, not not a bad situation right now, but uh, I wouldn't worry if I was a Galaxy fan. Let's talk about Seattle Sounders. Uh, they have had the dream start, as they say in Europe, to, to their season. Uh, why is this year different for Sounders than past seasons for Seattle? I think you've got a Clint Dempsey who now is settled in an understanding of what he needs to do to be successful, not in MLS, in the Sounders in MLS in 2014. Uh, and that takes time. Uh, we've seen plenty of big stars that have come over on big money and struggled to try to figure it out. And it's not just them struggling, but it's the players around. It's the organization. It's the coaches. I think Ziggy's figured out what he needs to do. I mean, Ziggy doesn't, Ziggy doesn't suffer fools. And I, got a, I just got the feeling last year that he, he wasn't doing everything that he wanted to do, and he was trying to appease everybody. And I just got the feeling this year that he's figured it out. And he's got not only Clint Dempsey playing well, but Overcoming Martin's playing very, very well in a, in a different type of situation. So the folks up in Seattle have to be happy from what they're seeing uh, from the team uh, and the way that they're playing and some of these uh, emerging stars, whether it's DeAndre uh, Yedlin or, uh, or even, it's not an emerging star, but, uh, but Brad Evans and King out, he uh, goes this year with the World Cup as a, as a possibility this summer. All of those different things bode well, but most importantly, they're just cranking out points. So they got to feel very, very happy because there's a lot of pressure on them. Uh, and there should be. You spend that type of money, you have that type of fan base. Uh, everybody wants to play in that type of pressure, but sometimes it's difficult to live up to it. So from, a, from an outside perspective, I'm glad that they're living up to it. But now it's always, you know, Jam Jackson. What have you done for me lately? So it's great, but you got to keep it up. Let me play devil's advocate, though, and say no team is looking forward to uh, losing their players to World Cup. But I feel like that team amongst everybody is probably dreading World Cup uh, because you don't want to lose Clint Dempsey for, for that extended period of time. And God forbid, you also don't want to lose him if anything happens to him while he's there or comes back overly fatigued. Is that a, is that a legitimate concern if you're a Sounders fan, more so than other teams losing players? Yeah, they don't sign him. 
I mean, you know, this, this is no, no surprise to any of the organizations or the, or the coaches that sign off on these deals. Uh, and I, I have no sympathy. Uh, this is the way that MLS works. And if you are worried that you're going, your job is going to be in trouble uh, because uh, you're going to lose players to international duty, uh, then don't sign them. And if you do, part of your job is to figure out a way to adapt when they're gone. And I think Ziggy uh, understands that better than anybody, and I think he'll have something in place. But is it, is it as easy when those guys aren't there? No, but uh, it's not something that should be a surprise uh, to anybody. And the injury factor is always, is always going to be there when players go on international duty, and you hold your collective breath from a founder's standpoint when Clint Dempsey is out there and uh, guys are sliding and doing all that kind of stuff because the World Cup will come and go. As great as it may be for the U.S. or for other teams or just for soccer in general, it will come and go and the circus will leave town and these guys got to go back to their MLS teams and there will be an MLS Cup uh, come this uh, come this fall. And if the Sounders are going to have a chance of doing that, and that is the goal, make no mistake about it, they're going to need Clint Dempsey healthy and playing well. We talked to John Strong last week about Portland Timbers. By no means is this the marquee matchup this weekend, but it is one that I'm interested in, not just because I'm a D.C. United fan, but this is a match with with two teams who have uh, had very different starts to their year and reverse of what you would think these teams were going to have as they come in. On the surface, it's obviously a much bigger game for Portland because they need to start grabbing points and they need to start grabbing points at home. Uh, but you know, this was a game they probably went in thinking that this was going to be a place where they were going to be able to get three points if they needed it. That's not going to be the case this time. And I would actually almost argue that this is a, a bigger game for DC United to actually put their stamp of, hey, you know what? We are a contender. We are a team to be reckoned with. And if we come out of here with even a point, that's a victory for us. Absolutely. I think, I think it's for both teams it's huge. For D.C. it's to show that this is not an aberration and that they are different and that they are not the team that we saw last year. Now, I don't think they are, but if it doesn't translate into results, then you are the same team. And, and obviously they've had some very, very good results. Can they keep it up? And can they keep it up in what would be a, uh, you know, a trap game uh, where a lot of people would call it? Now, from the other side of it, Portland, it's all fine and well to talk about, don't worry, we'll get there and, and they'll, they'll, they'll come and we're playing well. No, you've got to get points. And they certainly have to get points uh, uh, this week, and especially playing against a, a team like D.C. And I think Caleb Porter's problem and Portland's problem uh, is no different than it was at the end of last year. They just don't have somebody up top that uh, consistently scores goals, consistently attracts attention, um, and, and, they, and they haven't had one for a long time. And, look, I'm not telling them anything they don't know. They, they recognized this last year, and, unfortunately, it hasn't panned out the way that they want. And so they're in the same type of situation, and they're left thinking, geez, would we be better off still having Ryan Johnson up top? And there's an argument uh, out there that says that, yes, they would be, yeah. but they got to get it together. And I think against a team like D.C. United, who now is feeling their oats, uh, this would be a wonderful tonic for uh, the, uh, the Portland faithful that right now are saying, ooh, wait a second, this isn't where we thought we'd be. And but to be quite honest, nobody thought they'd be. Who do you like in this match? I like Portland. To, to get together. For, to take three points? Because because of pressure, or just because you feel like this this if everything were equal, this team would go, should get three points at home against this kind of team. It's got a break, yes. I just feel it's got a break, and it's not. Look, Portland has at times not played well, but it's not it's not as if Portland has been the worst team in MLS. It just it hasn't it hasn't happened for them, and there are tactical reasons for why it hasn't happened. But I just uh, MLS, and you know this is is. A, a league with manufactured parity. And because of that, um, there are 
there are dips and there are uh, there are trends and stuff like that, and eventually it's going to break for a team like Portland that is that is quality. You know, Portland is not the worst team in the league. Alexi, before I let you go, I had a winner here at the radio station that I work at, um, and her name was uh, Kyria. I immediately began singing a song that you know what I what I would sing if somebody was named Kyria, and I said, "Did you get? Are you named after the great song?" And she said, "No, I'm Greek, and it's Greek for Sunday, and my parents really like that." Which shattered my Mister Mister dreams, Alexi. Is this a true statement about Kyria being Greek for Sunday? Uh, Kyria King. <laughs> uh, I guess. I guess. I guess she could. I guess she could claim that. Yeah, definitely. But how would you? How does she no sell my my Mister Mister love of her name? Listen, dude. Uh, don't, don't get me started on Mister Mister. Right? I mean, uh, I, I I love me some Mister Mister <laughs> as everybody does, you know. And 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 that breakdown in the uh, in the middle of it. Don't think that you're not rolling down the windows and and cranking it at the uh, high uh, decibel levels and, and screaming at the top of your lungs, <laughs> just like everybody else. That's what that song was made. To be uh, to be done. So uh, I I understand your love for Mister Mister Mister, and I appreciate you bringing it up. Uh, I counter that with uh, with some Kajagugu, who I will be cranking oh. as soon as we hang up the phone. Well, I was going to say because uh, I'm going to let you get back in to do your your hanging out with Taylor. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised though if we see some video start to surface on YouTube of of an Alexi Lalas doing some sort of impromptu karaoke version of Kyrie tonight. So, perfect. That sounds good. I am actually going to be uh, releasing some music this summer, so oh. look for that. It's going to be a big summer. Yeah, I've been uh, I've been you know, doing some stuff here, so uh, hopefully we'll we'll head it out, and uh, all three of uh, the folks out there that want to buy it can buy it. So. <laughs> we'll we'll look forward, Alexi, and thank you very much. I appreciate it. Get back in with Taylor. Tell her I said hello. Well, you got it. All right. show information, go to pitchpass.com.